welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumpener. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. Today, we're trying not to have an on-air panic attack because we are joined once again by our guest, James Breakwell, one of our favorite very serious parenting experts who's here to talk about his new book, How to Save Your Child from Ostrich Attacks, Accidental Time Travel, and Anything Else That Might Happen on an Average Tuesday. And he's going to tell us how to save our kids from things like butterflies, ghosts, and you know, Liz, we were talking about this because we've both read it, air. Air is very dangerous. It's terrified me from day one, so I'm really (laughs) glad to be able to talk to him. And of course, we'll close out our show with Cold Picks of the Week. First, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, let us tell you just a little bit about James. He is a professional comedy writer, although I don't know why he's so serious. And he's an amateur (laughs) father of four girls, ages nine and under. So bravo for that. His Twitter account, Exploding Unicorn, has more than a million followers who check in with him daily as he fails as a parent, according to him and a human being. And his articles have appeared in Reader's Digest, Federalist, and Ask Men. Basically, he's everywhere. So we've talked to him in the past about his hilarious, I mean, very serious books, (laughs) Bare Minimum Parent. Parenting and Only Dead on the Inside, in which he taught us how to survive the zombie apocalypse as parents. And now his new book, How to Save Your Child from Ostrich Attacks, Accidental Time Travel, and Anything Else That Might Happen on an Average Tuesday is just out. And we're excited that he can join us and help us maybe, you know, save our children's lives one day. So welcome, James. Thank you for having me again. I am excited to save some lives today. That's great. <laughs> and and we were just saying, you are our first third-time guest. I I think that's a sign that you're running short on other guests, but I'm going to take it as a compliment. (laughs) We're going to make you a plaque or something. Ooh, I I do enjoy plaques. I think there's like, it's like those ribbons, Liz, you know, the ones where you're like, congratulations for surviving a meeting that could have been an email. We're going to send one to you, James. Congratulations (laughs) for being the third guest on a very, very busy podcast for parents. I don't know. I have a impressive collection of participation trophies, so I would love a trophy for participating in this podcast. It is kind of my strength. We're going to get you the cake from that meme that says, congratulations, you've done it. (laughs) 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 Okay, so listen, the last time, or maybe it was the time before you were on, you personally helped me because I have never seen any zombie show ever, like not even ever seen one. And I almost, almost had a run in with my ex-mother-in-law. I mean, zombie. (laughs) So thank you very much for helping me with that. So I'm I'm wondering, was the rest of the world a natural natural follow-up for you? Yeah, I just, I spent one book focusing entirely on one danger. And I was like, if I, if I write an entire book about every single danger, I'm never going to finish. So I thought, you know what? We're going to do one book about zombies and we're going to do one book about everything else. And then I'll be covered. Then everybody will be safe and kids will live forever. So uh, it, it's all my fault. The earth is going to get overpopulated thanks to me, but I'm, I'm willing <laughs> to live with those consequences. Well, as you know, I mean, and this is partly why we had you on is we really don't shy away from the hard topics here. And we've talked about tech addiction and sexual education and talked about war and politics. So we're we're really glad to talk about ghosts and Godzilla <laughs> and air. Like these are just things parents don't talk about enough in such a polarizing parenting era. In fact, one of the blurbs from your book says, literally no other parenting book has the courage to address accidental time travel. Why do you think that is? What are we so afraid of right now, James, that we're not talking about these things? I think people are so focused on the, you know, the common dangers right in front of you, like light sockets in your house or traffic that they don't look up and see the bigger dangers like, you know, gremlins and uh, time 
tigers and whatever else, you know, and in suburban America, I think tigers are definitely an underrated threat. And if, you, if your kid is the one kid who gets eaten by a tiger, you're going to feel really bad. So <laughs> read this book and you might never see a tiger, but you don't know. They, they're on cereal boxes. They're everywhere. You'd feel especially bad if you hadn't read the book and you knew you could have. Yeah. Like, that's one of those parenting guilt moments that you really never get rid of. Yeah, it's like, do I want to take the time to protect my child against a one in a million tiger attack? I think you do. You absolutely do. Because the way the universe works, if you're not the person who reads that book, you're the one who's going to get the tiger attack. That is my parenting <laughs> mantra. It's you just don't know what you're going to encounter. I mean, you were talking about furniture that could really <laughs> cause some harm to your kids. So you just don't know, you know, I'm a worry word. At least I thought I was. I thought I was doing a really good job at panic attacks, but apparently not because I think I've been worrying about the wrong things. I mean, you confirmed my fear of butterflies, so thank you for that. But I'm wondering, are there any other animals that we should have on your radar? You talked about tigers, and I'm a little concerned that tigers are in the air. You said we have to look up and see tigers, so I don't know. Maybe I don't have flying tigers in Pennsylvania, <laughs> but what other animals should we know about? Well, one that's really underrated that people don't watch out for enough is woolly mammoths. I mean, do we really have any confirmation that they're all dead 100%. Like, you can never be sure. I get scared just thinking about <laughs> it. And the thing is, there's no safety products out there to protect against woolly mammoths. There's no like step-by-step -step guides until I wrote this book. There's no scary videos warning you about it. You're just in the dark. So if a woolly mammoth like storms into your house, you're on your own. I couldn't let that stand. So I, I filled in that vital gap in parenting knowledge. You are. Entrepreneur parents, if you're listening, there's an opportunity for you in this. You know, even just something basic like a woolly mammoth repellent spray, like we we don't even have those yet. 2020, and there's no woolly mammoth repellent spray. I mean, what, what kind of world are we living in here? Well, I feel a little behind because I actually didn't even know that you spelled woolly mammoths with two L's. I felt like your book was going to help me save my kids. I didn't realize that I was also going to feel a lot smarter than other parents out there. So not only will I know what to do when a woolly mammoth attacks, I will also know how to tell people how to spell it, just in case they were wondering. So when I got your email before this podcast and I saw that question, I had a minor panic attack. I thought you were making fun of me for misspelling woolly through the whole thing. I was like, oh no, I'm the world's worst speller. What did I do? I love that in a book about all the things that could go wrong to your children that you had a panic attack about an errant L. Yeah, that's a scary one. You know what? People will never email me when they're angry that a woolly mammoth killed their kid. But if I have a typo in there, people will let me know. I will get hundreds of emails. So I got to be on the lookout for those. People have their priorities straight. So speaking of tech, actually, we talk a lot about kids and tech. And I know that's a huge issue with parents today, with our listeners and readers. Let's Let's talk practical advice here. What do you do when you wake up and your kid has transported into an actual Minecraft world? You know, you have to check what mode you're on, first of all, because if you're in the, the free play easy mode and there's no creepers, I mean, that's a dream. You can just build what you want all day. No work, no responsibilities. If you set it right, you can't even go hungry. That is that is paradise. Now, if you set it on the mode where the creepers come and blow up your stuff, I mean, that's kind of just like regular parenting. <laughs> I mean, you try to build up a life and your kid just comes and knocks it all down and you start all over from scratch. I mean, this is our comfort zone. So don't panic. If you've got the creepers around there, this is just your everyday life, just with a little bit worse graphics, a little bit blockier. <laughs> and you touch on some other video game worlds as well. Yeah, but like Tetris, nobody had talked about what to do if you get sucked into Tetris. And uh, I, I think I addressed that pretty well. Again, you just got to line up your stuff until it disappears. It's just kind of your, your perpetual job of putting things away and making things fall into place. And as soon as they do, more stuff falls from the sky. If that's not parent,
parenting. I don't know what is. <laughs> That's Marie Kondo's thing, right? <laughs> you line everything put up. Put everything and, into neat and it blocks. Disappears, yeah. Maybe? yeah, and if it, if it disappears when you line it up, yeah, that, that's Tetris. It's really all about getting rid of what you don't need, like those four rows on the bottom. Exactly. I think that's great. That's really helpful. You know, your book is also very encouraging, and I like that you're saying that we already have some of these skills to deal with these yes. issues that could arise. Yes. I'm really just, yeah, I'm giving you a confidence boost. Because I, I think any parent, if they really focus on it, can survive a werewolf attack or a vampire attack or anything else. You've got this. But I think we're all so worried. It's like, if I can't handle a little bit of parent shaming, how am I going to handle a supernatural <laughs> attack? But you've got this. You're. I think people just underestimate how hard their everyday lives are already, and they don't give themselves enough credit for all those survival skills. So you've got this. If you read the book, you've got it even more. But even without the book, I'd say you got it a little bit. Well, you know, I do spend an awful lot of my time and energy trying to get my son to take a shower. And I feel like <laughs> all of that energy and trying to explain why it's important and, you know, making excuses for it, like that could potentially be balled up and kill a werewolf, I imagine. You know, I really haven't thought about it in that way. But we parents, we fight with our kids to put their pants on. We argue with them about trying to eat like a delicious meal that they made. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just posted this on Facebook, Liz. You saw this. My son comes up to me and he's like, Mom, the best day in my entire life ever <laughs> in the world was when I was riding my bike with my friend and I almost got in a fight. And this is me. He's saying this to me while I'm putting away our souvenirs from our trip to Japan and hanging up the Flyers jersey that six actual Flyer players signed for him on his back in person. So, you know, like, we put up with a lot as parents. We can kill a werewolf. And we focus on the wrong things. It's a good reminder that we just we are do. not focusing on the real issues that our, our kids are seeing in their lives. Yeah, you've, you've totally got that angsty strength. I mean, honestly, if I were a supernatural creature, I would be terrified of parents. Like, the stuff we put up with every day, you think we're going to bow down to some, you know, werewolf. Have you ever heard a kid whine for six consecutive hours in a car trip? I mean, if you can deal with that, I mean, there is no roar in the animal kingdom that's going to scare you away. Well, I just want to ask you, because you wrote, personally, I think it's a good idea to stop your child from becoming a vampire, but only because the vampire transition is permanent. You wouldn't let your nine-year-old get a tattoo, so you shouldn't let them become an eternal minion of the dam. So, James, do you think that's kind of judgmental? I mean, shouldn't parents be able to choose what kind of child to raise? That, that is true. I should not judge you if you get your nine-year-old a tattoo, and I should not judge you if they decide to transition to be a, a vampire. It's just sometimes nine-year-olds change their mind. If at 10, it's no longer cool to be a vampire, or they decide maybe they want to go out in sunlight, I mean, that's going to be a hard choice. But at the same time, that could be an important lesson about growing up. It's like some decisions <laughs> stick. So if you want to have a nine- or ten-year-old vampire, more power to you. Uh, I'll just remind me to put up the garlic to keep them away. That's very helpful advice. That's kind of making me rethink like that if my kids want to be a vampire, then it's just really a conversation about some decisions you can't reverse. I like that. <laughs> and, and there's probably a lot of vampires out there too. You just don't see them because his parents were exhausted by 9 p.m. and were already indoors. But you know, they're probably out there. Who knows? <laughs> that is a good point. I'm sorry to laugh. I know you're giving us very serious advice. Here. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is the last time I was up till one o'clock in the morning, if I had seen a vampire, I wouldn't have even believed it was true just because I'd be thinking I was seeing things because I was so exhausted. <laughs> Let's keep talking about the supernatural chapter, though, because it's one of my personal favorites. But I do have to say I'm a little surprised there was no boogeyman. And I'm wondering, is he not a 
an imminent threat in 2020? Like, are we done with him? Like, what's happening? I, I don't think the boogeyman has been canceled. I think he's kind of rolled into a lot of categories. Like, what is the boogeyman? Is he a monster? Is he a ghost? I mean, there was definitely a very extensive monster in a place coverage in this chapter. So I do very comprehensive, that. Yes. very helpful. Yes, and I did yes. not use the word boogeyman. Boogeyman might be trademarked. I don't know. I didn't look into it. So I just, I just went general so the boogeyman would not feel discriminated against. <laughs> okay, beyond the supernatural, you know, obviously there are issues with regular old mortals. And a lot of parents, we worry about stranger danger or tricky people. We've talked about it on Spawned. But you don't worry about those things. So what people do you think are the most dangerous? Uh, obviously, it's clowns. And I, I, you can define <laughs> them as people or monsters or somewhere in between. But I've never met a clown I trusted. And uh, if you put on that much makeup, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> going to keep my kids indoors that day. I have to admit, my high school boyfriend is a professional clown. Whoa. I know. I can't believe that relationship didn't work out. I have a dark past, James. There's a lot about me you don't know. Like an actual professional clown or like a professional dumbass? Uh, no, like a blue man group kind of like performance artist type. But uh, there's some horror in that. Yeah, I mean, really, if you have to put on clown makeup every day, how successful is your life? I mean, even if you're a millionaire, if the clown makeup still go on, I, I don't know. I guess that's one of those judgment calls. Apologies to all my friends from high school listening right now going, I cannot believe she is talking about him that way. All right, well, who else? We, we've got clowns. Clowns seems to be an obvious get, but are there people that we might not be thinking about? I mean, like our Starbucks barista, you know, the people selling you shoes at Famous Footwear. Like, who do we need to keep on our radar? I think it's other parents in general. You know, they're the ones out there judging you when your child transitions into being a vampire. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> anger and resentment out there for you with the choices you make. So I think you've got to kind of be on guard against them. I don't know if they're actually going to harm you, but they might definitely might just stand back and laugh silently as your kid overwhelms you or your kid is overcome by the boogeyman or whatever else in the world. So yeah, I think other parents aren't always allies. Sometimes they're enemies and they might try to keep that under wraps. So yeah, after clowns, definitely watch out for other parents. No, I agree. I think any parent blogger who has ever seen like, you should have your child taken away or I'm going to call CPS <laughs> is probably familiar with that kind of threat. So I think it's good for the rest of our listeners who might not be bloggers and haven't heard that before to know that that threat is out there. The bar for having your kids taken away is, is so low. Like one time somebody told me that because I fed my kids corn dogs. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a commercially available food, but apparently I was the worst parent ever for letting them eat that. And, oh, uh, I understand. I once read about once I had kids that I realized my dog was not my child. <laughs> my dog was a part of the family, but, you know, not my child. And I was told I should have my ovaries forcibly removed out my nose. What? I don't know. Well, Somehow there's a connection there. Yeah, compared to that, <laughs> uh, the monster in your closet's not very scary at all. Yeah, dog parents are their own breed, so to speak, <laughs> to be worried about. But that's your next book, James, perhaps. Oh, man. I don't, I don't think I could deal with the angry mobs. I'll have to leave that to you guys. I'm not brave enough. <laughs> okay, so I get that this could be really helpful for parents of babies. They have a little extra time to kind of work on that protective bubble. You know, they put the crib together. They have like the 14 camera baby monitors so they can watch when their baby moves a finger. But what about those of us who have kids? We have teenagers. They're being exposed to things like furniture and Black Friday sales already. Like, are we screwed? Oh, absolutely not. But kids are never too old to hurt themselves in really 
dumb ways, whether it's, you know, <laughs> a skateboarding accident or furniture that comes alive and attacks them like in Beauty and the Beast. So <laughs> as a parent, your job is it's never really done until your kids become parents themselves. And then it's their job to keep their own kids, you know, protected from living furniture. I don't think you're screwed <laughs> at all. I think you're fighting the good fight there with uh, that teenager trying to get him to take showers, which quite frankly blows my mind. Like you would need a pack of wolves to keep me out of the shower. It's the only place during the day where I'm happy and safe and warm. <laughs> they, they will learn. They will learn very soon the error of their ways. I think it's life's punishment that kids hate all of the things that we want. They don't want to take a nap. They don't want to put pants on. They don't want to take a shower. I think it's honestly like the curse of procreation that we somehow must fight our children to have the things that we want. Yes. There's something a lot deeper there. I can't really put my finger on it, but you're just like, yeah, just it, like it, 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 It's amazing. I've even tried just capitulating. Like, all right, you want to do this? That's fine. I've started just making my kids stuff I know they'll eat. It's like, all right, you know what? I, I made this big fancy meal for me and the wife, but I'm going to make you guys macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. It's going to be a good day. You put it out there and they don't eat it. Like, are you kidding me? This is the one food on earth you eat. And now you've gone down to zero foods. Like they will, <laughs> they will push you. They keep you on your toes and never think even giving in will let you win. There, There's always a greater hill to fight on. And Kristen, I'm glad that you brought up the idea of the things that kids want and they don't want because James has a really helpful chart in his book about wishes that always backfire, <laughs> at which I think is especially value with St. Patrick's Day coming up oh, and yes. leprechauns, another creature to be aware of. So talk to us about how we deal with leprechauns and those dangerous wishes that we could be granted. Well, my kids are big into leprechauns. Like, they talk about them year-round. If you think about it, like, where would leprechauns go the rest of the year? Like, they've got to keep existing. So my, my opinion of wishes is they always backfire. Anybody who's ever read any story, you know, knows that. So the safest thing to do with a leprechaun is just give all the wishes to me. Let me deal with the consequences. I'll, <laughs> I'll take one for the team. Don't worry. If I wish for infinite wealth and it ruins the economy, that's on me. My bad. But I will take that chance for you. Definitely don't let a kid take that wish. Because, I mean, kids can't even handle, like, their very basic regular amount of power over their everyday lives and giving them basically infinite power with a wish. Yeah, that, that's not going to end well. <laughs> well, you even talk about specific wishes, which I really like. Like, if you wish for love, then what you'll probably get is someone who loves you unconditionally and you'll immediately be sick of them. Or if you wish for world peace, all humans will disappear. <laughs> so I, I like that you think about the unintended consequences of wishing and wishes and that we really should stop trying to encourage our kids with these silly notions of childhood magic and fantasy and wishes. Exactly. Don't regard leprechauns as an opportunity. Just regard them as a threat. And that's the proper way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Just celebrate it in a bunker, probably with some green beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just still kind of stuck on the fact that your kids are obsessed with leprechauns year round. Like, did you choose a school that was really into? Do you go to like St. Patrick's Academy? Like, yeah. no, like, I don't know. It was, uh, it was the daycare that started it. They had some green food coloring out where the leprechaun had peed. And after that, the kids were sold. <laughs> if leprechauns can pee green, I mean, what wrong can they do? Oh my God. Speaking of traumatizing kids, if green pee doesn't do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> So let me ask you, are there some things in your book that you left out because they're just too scary? Like, is there anything you could give our listeners a heads up about that maybe they won't find in the book? So one thing that got cut from the book was lice. Lice are terrifying. We had a lice incident at our house once. It makes you feel dirty for the rest of your life. You just want to burn down everything and start over. There were lice in the book and I had to cut it out for space reasons. So the public is currently unprotected against lice. My apologies. Well, Liz can relate to you on the lice thing. Oh God. I think, uh, for yes, sure. three times. Three times I can relate. Three times. Time. I would like to not relate ever again. <laughs> <laughs> As with the nice man who spent 12 hours in our kitchen helping us with this. Oh. Yeah. 
And you wonder, like, how does this happen? Then you go, like, I pick my kids up from school and they're like rubbing heads with other children. It's like, don't do that. Just a little bit of personal space, guys, but it's never going to happen there. So listen, I have one more question for you. I mean, the book is so full of incredible advice. And I I really hope that parents pick it up because we all want to keep our kids safe. I think that much we can all agree on as parents, whatever our politics, our backgrounds, our race, our family situation, we all want to keep our kids safe. But what's happening today that we can't have rational discourse online about, say, Godzilla attacks? I don't know. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's even fighting about it. Like, if nobody will fight about it, then you know it's really taboo. And I I guess you just don't (laughs) want to point out, is it it awkward or uncouth to say, hey, your city's currently being destroyed. Maybe protect your child from that giant 300-foot monster. I I don't know. But I'm going to go there. I'm going to say if there's a Godzilla attack, you you need to deal with that. You can't pretend that's not happening, especially since insurance does not usually cover Godzilla attacks. So that's something you really want to get on right away because you are going to suffer some major property damage. And even like pirates, that's far more likely a challenge than Godzilla. We don't talk about that either, do we? No, I mean, again, you don't want to make fun of somebody with an eye patch or something like that, but it's like pirates are among us. They're out there. I think we're just ignoring them to be polite. If you see somebody with a hook for a hand and a parrot on their shoulder, <laughs> I think you should go into defensive mode. I mean, don't give them the benefit of the doubt. I guess that's kind of the moral of the entire book. Don't give anybody the benefit of the doubt, be it your furniture, be it other parents, be it clowns, always, always be filled with fear and doubt, and then you'll be fine. (laughs) And did you do some research for this book? I mean, so many people do write, and people are researching, I'm researching my novel, you know, or like people are (laughs) writing their memoir. And so I'm curious, was that part of the gig that you needed to go out and find some butterflies to attack you? I, I I do. I must say that is one flaw of the book is many of these scenarios are not tested. Like, for example, I did not personally fight off any woolly mammoths in the writing of this book. But if any readers out there want to field test it and report back to me, I mean, that's how things get better. And so by the second or third or fourth edition of this book, after hundreds of people have died, we'll finally figure out exactly what works and what doesn't. But until I hear complaints, I think we're pretty good. I think the non-research research stands and this might sort of work. We'll see. And, you know, if we can end on a positive note, I just want to share something that you wrote just to encourage our listeners, which is to keep in mind that humans are still pretty great when compared with other intelligent creatures like elves or the woolly mammoths that you mention or vampires or pirates with hooks for hands. And that if we remember where our loyalties lie, that most humans are pretty great. And that's really our least fear. That is true. When it, when it all comes down to it, I mean, we, we're all one big tribe of humans. It's us against the universe. We're conquering nature. We're conquering the supernatural. We're, we're very destructive, but that's not always a bad thing. Thing. I personally am very pro team human. Go us. Go humans. <laughs> so, listeners, I know you're going to want to get this book. It's so hilarious. I mean, serious and helpful and essential reading for all parents with kids of all ages. It's called How to Save Your Child from Ostrich Attacks, Accidental Time Travel, and Anything Else That Might Happen on Average Tuesday by James Breakwell. And James, where else can we find you? You can find me on my website, explodingunicorn.com, or you can hit me on Twitter. You can search for James Breakwell or Exploding Unicorn without the E, or you can find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is James Breakwell Exploding Unicorn. Just look it up and I post all my stuff there too. I know we'll find plenty of wisdom and wit in all those places. So thank you. And we're just so grateful for this helpful, thoughtful, and serious conversation about stuff that really does impact us as parents. We know it's the tough stuff that we like to handle here on Spawn and we're, we're happy to be there for all of you. I appreciate you having the courage to deal with these hard-hitting topics. <laughs> you, are, you are at the forefront of journalism right now. I appreciate that. Thank you. We really try. We really do. And, you know, let's lighten things up a little bit with our cool picks of the week cool picks of the week 
James, you are a guest, so you get to go first. Ooh, I've got a good one. My cool pick of the week is The Mandalorian. The last episode's been out for a few weeks. There is a season two coming out, uh, but that show's incredible. There's a reason the entire internet has been taken over by Baby Yoda memes. Baby Yoda, <laughs> Yoda is cute. The Mandalorian is brutal. And honestly, I think The Mandalorian is better than the Star Wars movies. Ooh, whoa, and, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, and the best part is I don't have to go to a theater and spend a bunch of money to watch them. I can just sit in my house and, and you know let the kids run amok and scream and I can watch it and enjoy it. So yeah, definitely check out The Mandalorian. It's a good time. It is. And, and by the way, if anybody follows Cool Mom Picks on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you will know that Kristen is single-handedly responsible for at least 60% of the Baby Yoda memes that are on the internet. <laughs> I am responsible. We're on our second viewing at our house of The Mandalorian. I'm a huge really? baby. Oh, yeah. We're watching it again because there's so much to be found. My son loves it. So, yeah. Baby Yoda was an editor's best of 2019 at Cool Mom Picks. That's how much we love Baby Yoda. Well, you guys have impeccable taste and this just proves it. <laughs> and by the way, did you hear Baby Yoda actually has a name that's not Baby Yoda? Yeah, That was just released this week and uh, we're waiting to hear what happens in the next season. Oh. I mean, it's pretty funny that it's a 50-year-old man-baby Right. When we think about it, <laughs> we can all relate. I mean, my kids are probably going to still be like that at 52. It just adolescents oh keep getting God. pushed out further and further. Right? I'm laughing so hard. I'm He's like doing all his magic and then he fucking sleeps for 24 hours. Sounds like someone I know. <laughs> Not as cute either. Not as cute. So Kristen, how about you? What's your cool pick of the week? Okay. So there's a fun new podcast that I've been listening to. It's called Meet Cute. Do both of you know what a meet cute is? I have heard the term, yes. I don't. Okay, please explain again. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me just let me just explain again. It is the moment in a, like a show or a movie when two people meet and they have that connection. It's called a meet cute. Is that what you thought it was, James, or did I get it wrong? Yeah, that's that's what I basically when you you meet somebody organically out there in the wild as opposed to like a blind date or, or like a Tinder hookup or something. It's the same thing basically. Wait, you can't oh shit. Shit, I thought all my Tinder hookups were meat cutes. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> my, you've just completely dashed my world here. Anyway, no. And I'm to kidding. be clear, this is M E E T, meat cute. Yes. M E A T, as the Tinder reference might have you. Believe. Oh, yes. Very well played. <laughs> so, anyway, yes, meat cute. It's going to officially launch on Valentine's Day, but they're actually really cool, kind of 12 minute stories that are split up into chapters. And they're just little rom coms, but they're all on. On audio. So it's really, really fun. They have about three or four that have launched. And you know, the lead writer is someone that we've had on Spawned, Liz. It's Robert Wilder, remember? Yes, author we love of him. of many awesome books. Yes, he's a lead writer for them. He's a very funny author, by the way. Not like James, who writes serious <laughs> books. Yes. But uh, yeah, he's very funny. So anyway, that's my cool pick of the week. Meet cute. Oh, I love that. Well, I was thinking, you know, since we were talking about facts today, it led me to think about the Union of Concerned Scientists at ucsusa.org. And like James, this is a group concerned with facts and getting the truth out about all kinds of issues. Issues. They fight misinformation. They defend science. We are big fans of science around here. And on a serious note, in light of the Australian wildfires recently, which has been just tragic to watch and other evidence of climate crisis, it's really great to look up the Union of Concerned Scientists and see what they're doing and consider not just supporting groups that are on the ground helping in emergencies, but groups like them that are working around the clock, advocating for long-term impactful changes with governments around the world. They're even in our post on Cool Mom Picks about ways to help 
if you're concerned about climate crisis and the wildfires. So check them out at ucsusa.org, Union of Concerned Scientists. It's a great advocacy group doing really, really important work because science and facts matter in climate change as well as in fighting werewolves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen, and to our guest, James Breakwell, for imparting more very important parenting wisdom upon us the third time around. Yeah, don't be afraid to talk about this hard stuff. It really helps us be better parents all around. I think if we can discuss these things in public, not on our private Facebook pages, but like at where it matters and come to some consensus on things like ghosts and werewolves and leprechauns, like it it really will help us all. So let's heed his advice and be better parents together. You know, I think he would probably tell people that they should help us spread the word about Spawned too, you know, like fighting werewolves with one hand, leaving us a five-star review (laughs) with another, make sure you download and save our episodes. I'm just trying to think like James, you know what I mean? Yeah, it helps you be a parent, if nothing else, because then, you know, at least you get a half-hour break to yourself, and we all know that self-care matters. This is true. And make sure, of course, to tell your friends and family about our podcast. We're having a blast over at our Spawned Podcast Facebook group, so if you're not a member, head over and join us. We talk about everything we talk about on the show, plus a whole lot more. In fact, they helped you, Kristen, recently come up with lots of remedies for your cold, which seems like it's almost gone. I know. It is almost gone. I didn't have to cough one time during this whole hour, I promise. Next week, I feel like it's happening. So thanks to all of our listeners and friends who are participating in the Spawned podcast community on Facebook who helped Kristen with her cold. I got a lot of good tips in there, too. I know. There's like a a lot of tips in there. I know. And of course, we have lots of other Facebook communities, too. Our OutTech Your Kids Facebook group, Recipe Rescue, and Cool Mom Fit. So head over there. And of course, everything we talked about on our show will be on our website, coolmompics.com. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.